Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the ninth. Ninth! The ninth episode of Femme Foul Play. Woo! You might notice our intro music is a little different today. That's because we are focusing on a Black Widow. Yes, that's correct. All right. So, sorry we're a day late. Um, we're headed to Miami for a very special occasion. And we also wanted to have a very special guest who is going to introduce herself right now. Now. Hey, guys. This is <laughs> Sam. Tap this big Fake sissy. Fake sissy. <laughs> so we're going to Miami to go look at wedding dresses for her. Yes, because I'm getting married. Mowers. Mowers. What brings us together today? <laughs> so Sam is also a nurse, so when we get to some scientific medical nonsense that Mariel and I don't know what the fuck we're talking about, fuck Sam no. is going to help us out. Yay! We're yeah. dissect deep into what killed these Oh. oh. Also, just super exciting to have our first guest. Can we talk about that? I'm so excited to have our first guest. Me too. It only took nine episodes. <laughs> nine. We don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm honored that you guys chose me as your first. Always. Of course. So sweet. She traveled from the depths of hell, York, Pennsylvania, to come see yeah. us today. God help us. <laughs> so anyway, you guys know the original spiel, our website fmfoulplay.com, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and you can find us on Instagram, which we post the most on, uh, fmfoulplay. Yes, and please, reminder, please, please, please leave reviews yeah. on Apple Podcasts. So it would just literally mean the world to Mariel and I. We love seeing our reviews. It just makes us so Yeah, happy. and even if you, it's like whatever you want to say. It can be nice. It can be criticism. Critic, critic, critic. It could be some criticism. I've been hanging out with these Cuban bitches a little bit too long. It can be whatever you want to say. So yeah. Okay. So today, dun, 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 we are talking about Stacy Castor. This is one of those cases that Marielle will never forget. It really is. It really kind of shows a dark side of humans especially women, mm-hmm. how far someone is willing to go to essentially save their own ass. Yeah, this case, I don't know, it always, I've wanted to do it for a while, and it always just kind of, it was one of those things I saw, like, on, you know, forensic files or whatever, and it just really stuck with me, so um, I wanted she to do She was getting ideas. One. Yeah, I was, like, thinking about um, killing my imaginary husband, so. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? We're in my home state today. We're in motherfucking New York. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh go Yankees. Go okay. Yankees. Um, another one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the town is called. This town is so stupid sounding. Weed Sport. And I we looked up the history of it, and it was like named after these like trader people, and we were like, okay. It was named after Trader Joe. No. <laughs> No. The, whatever it was named after was really not even worth mentioning. So we'll move on. It was too bad. But it's just cool because, like, New York. Woo. Anyway, keep going. Okay. So we're going to have Sam do the wine honors. Woo. Best part of the whole episode. That's so, right. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are drinking some Francis Coppola, or as Mary Alexis is calling. Like, I just think Coppola. it sounds Francis Ford Coppola. Well, Francis it's Ford wrong. Coppola. It's All right, wrong. whatever. Fuck you, Sam. <laughs> so it's a Francis Cop- Coppola. Yeah. I was about to say Coppola. There you go. 
uh, Diamond Collection, and it's an emerald label, and it's a Pinot Grigio 2017. Wait, can I interrupt you for one second and no, just say, yes, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> this is a wine made for me because it's an emerald, which is my birthstone, a Pinot Grigio, which I love, and I know how to say the name Francis Ford Coppola. And you just guys like don't. how you know how to say mozzarella salum. <laughs> the mozzarella, like the mozzarella. Listeners, okay. Google how to properly pronounce this wine <laughs> yes. name. And leave us comments and let us know if we are pro- <laughs> who is pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> All right, Sam, tell us more about this wine. So this wine, uh, the grapes are grown in a cool climate of Monterey County. Big, Big little, little lies! <laughs> Ideal conditions for this delicate grape are Pinot Grigio's delightfully refreshing. Mm. The grapes are picked in the early morning mm. and, ferm- and fermentation takes place in stainless steel tanks, which is awesome because yes. I'm allergic to oak. No headaches. Yes. No that's why headaches, people. That's why Chardonnays are such little Bitches. fucking assholes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so these, um, these grapes are fermented in these stainless steel tanks at cool temperatures, bringing out top notes of apricots and tangerines, mm. followed by flavors of pear, green apple, and grapefruit with underlying mineral accents. Marielle's favorite. I'm really excited We're going to be tasting this. some rocks, people. Okay, so I'm going to hand Sam the wine right now, She's and we're going to pop it We're going to get these glasses, and we're going to hear that little... That little pop. Are you ready? ready? Here we go, guys. Here we go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> you can barely hear it, but it's there, honey. It's there, honey. Okay, pour and some the, equal okay. amounts. Are you guys really super big excited? Amounts? Um, no, you guys equal amounts. Exactly. Equal, equal amounts. We're it's we're all about equality here. Okay, that looks good. We're also drinking this wine out of these beautiful wine glasses that Tabitha got when she got married, and I'm pretty sure Sam, you want the same ones, right? Oh, no, I have. I just have to update my uh, oh, registry with the wine yeah. glasses I bought from Crate and Barrel because God knows my handsome fiance might have a heart attack if I ask for more wine glasses. <laughs> Cheers, bitches. Cheers. Cheers. Right. To our first guest. Woo. Yes, so exciting. Oh, oh honey, the cork's cork going everywhere. Okay. <laughs> We're okay. all like, okay. I can really taste, like, the sweetness of a green apple. Oh, I you like guys that. Not? No, I, like, I'm feeling Right it. at the end, like, right on the palate. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's really good. All right, let's keep sipping on this, and let's get well, started. Well, and we'll... Summarize and discuss it and decide what kind of uh, where it lands on our winometer at the end. Yes. So, Sam, go ahead with our disclaimer. All right, guys. So, once again, this is a disclaimer. These beautiful ladies are not professionals by <laughs> any means. All opinions are their own and my own. And we will make fun of and laugh at things that we shouldn't. This has always been a dream of my beautiful sister and my other and beautiful little sister. And her ugly friend. Tabitha! And, <laughs> and, the, bla- and the black sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. I said my beautiful sister in the beginning. I know you did. You, you Tabitha, you ruined it. <laughs> she did. Anyway, this has been a dream of Marielle and Tabitha, so please, please be kind or I will be after you. Or leave, just leave a review. Or just, or just leave a review yeah. and tell us how much you hate it. We are always open to constructive criticism, but if you don't like it, find another podcast. There are so many of them out there, and we wish you well on your quest. Yes. Crime quest. Crime so, quest. Right. All right, bitches. Let's introduce <laughs> where this story starts and who we're talking about today. 
As um, I mentioned earlier, we are talking about a Mrs. Stacy Castor, who had two husbands die under mysterious circumstances. Right. So then Stacy's daughter had a near-death experience that was very eerily similar. So Stacy kept chalking this up to kept, she kept <laughs> 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 I think I was trying to yeah. say keep it. She kept talking it up to bad luck, LOL. So what do we have on our hands, Sam? So we have another black widow baby. Oh my god. <laughs> Sam, I can't with your imitations. She like, has the best imitation, guys. I'm like right. trying to convince her to do something with that to stop nursing. She does something. <laughs> so Stacy was born Stacy Daniels. That's her maiden name. She was born in Syracuse, New York, in July of 1967. At the tender age of 17, she apparently knew she was in love with Michael Wallace, who was 22. Hot. No, no. that's fucking gross. No. Who the Ew. fuck knows they're in love at 17? Thank you, Sam. <laughs> I mean, I did, but I just wanted to get laid. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I had too many boyfriends to decide who I was in love with. That's okay. true. So anyway, so Stacy apparently knew five minutes after she mm-hmm. met him that she was going to marry Michael and he was the man of her dreams. So they marry in 1984. They have their first kid, Ashley, in 1988, and then Bree in 1991. So Bree is the apple of her father's eye, while Ashley is very, very close to her mother, calling Stacy her quote bff ill end quote so so gross (laughs) the marriage starts to fall apart you know because of financial difficulties as a marriage would that makes sense and stacy being a psycho but whatever (laughs) so stacy is working as a dispatcher and michael is a mechanic hot so it's hard to make ends meet it causes some friction and not between the sheets kind oh honey but they both really love and care for their kids, so they're really trying to make it work. Well, one of them is. Right. So 1999 rolls around. So a little timeline. In 1999, Michael falls really sick right before Christmas time. He has these symptoms that he's coughing. He's bloated. He ate he a lot of Christmas eat. cookies. He did. <laughs> he definitely did. Um, too much coquito, honestly. <laughs> What's um, coquito? So, Coquito like is this like a Puerto Rican eggnog. Okay, I'm just trying it's to... It's got a lot of rum in you it. You have to say for our viewers what a fucking Coquito is. Because only to- our Tony listeners. would know. Not our viewers. God, God help them if they were looking at us right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. Because, you know, like only the Cubans listening will know. Exactly. Anyway. So, anyway. He, quote unquote, did not look that great. So, his family pleaded with him to go to the doctor. But he kind of puts it off until after the holidays. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway... So, he ends up dying at the beginning of the year 2000. Uh, he, it appears to be natural causes. Doctors believe he dies of a heart attack. There's no history of heart problems. And he's only 38, which is really That's sad. That's so fucking Key young. thing, people, remember that. Does not have any heart problems. Oh, thank yeah, you, Nurse dies, Sam. But thank he dies you. of a heart attack. Just remember that for later. Yes, okay. thank you, Sam. Okay, thank you, Sam. Yes, medical advice. So, his sister, Rosemary, requested an autopsy. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm just so excited, you guys. I can't. Okay, so his sister, Rosemary, requested an autopsy, and Stacy is like, no, I believe the doctors. And despite dispish... Okay. 
Marielle, get out. How many of that Francis Coppola have you had? Despite suspicions. Well, I've already, I'm drinking it like juice, honey. Stop <laughs> doing that. Despite suspicions from Rosemary, he is laid to rest. So he <laughs> is, yeah, it's good. He's put in the ground. Okay, Tabitha, be a little fucking sensitive to the dead. <laughs> Sorry. We're talking about So murder. anyway. So Stacy moves on with her life, and she gets a new job at an air conditioning company. Glamour. But it's not just the high pay of an air conditioning company, you guys. What mm-hmm. is it, Sam? So the owner, David Castor. Oh, oh, look at that. They have the same novel. That's name. so weird. Why do you think that is? Why, so what happens? Let's see. <laughs> So, obviously, the owner, David, shows a lot of interest in her, dotes on her, and buys her dresses. Okay, I just, like, so specific. No, I, like, had to highlight that because, like, when I was doing the research, it was, like, he was buying her dresses. And I was, like, what the fuck? He buys her dresses? Maybe that's how he asked her out the first time. He was probably, he was like, like, hey, pretty, is- I'm buy you a dress. Are you wearing yourself to dinner with me? <laughs> you going want- I feel like that's so old school, though, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, so there's here's a quote from Stacy's friend who was unnamed. Um, it was kind of like Cinderella and living happily ever after. It just seemed to be perfect. And that's when you know something's wrong. Yeah, because nothing's fucking perfect. And they obviously don't know the way the Cinderella story actually came about. Like there was a fucking fairy godmother. Like get. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. That was good. Thanks. That was good, Sam. All right, guys. Stacy and Dave get married in 2003. But being a good father figure to Ashley and Bree, her kids from her previous marriage, is not on David's agenda. He is too busy buying that bitch dresses and (laughs) keeping people's homes air conditioned at guess. It's a porn daughter. So, right. So, that causes kind of an early rift in the marriage, and he expects his. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> he expects the girls to just do whatever he says, and obviously they don't comply. They're not they're not down with that. Mm-mm. And I don't think a lot of children who no. Ashley is like 14 or 15 at the time and mm-hmm. Bree is like 12, no kids will go along with that. Like No, of course not. Your father just died and you're then, not going to be dealing with new daddy. No. And especially if he's trying to like tell you what the fuck No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, things start getting a little rocky. On their two-year wedding anniversary, he says he wants to take Stacy on a two-week trip, kind of like a second honeymoon. But Stacy's like, no, I'm not leaving the kids. So they fight about it, claims David apparently locked himself in the bedroom, and her and her girls avoid him the rest of the weekend because I guess they were just super pissed off at him. Yeah. And then Stacy sleeps on the couch. Ooh. Well, that's, that's yeah. not good. Well, that's a story anyway. Yeah, that's a. This is a story waiting to happen. Huh? All right, guys. So the following Monday, Stacy calls the police to say, "quote My husband has locked himself in our bedroom for the last day. He didn't show up to work this morning." End quote. Right. So Stacy claims she tried several times to open the door, and he's been quote very depressed lately. So she's scared, and his mm. father had died about a month before. Mm-hmm. So Sergeant Robert Willoughby of that the name. Onondaga County Sheriff Department, he pounds on the door. Knock, knock, knock. They can hear the TV playing. No one answers. So he busts on the door, which is sexy. <laughs> and David is laying naked across the bed. And Stacy's like, is he okay? And the sergeant says, no, you dumbass. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not what happens. <laughs> Just kidding. He literally says, no, he's not. So... Sam, what happens? So, 
police make a really horrific discovery. So on top of the bedside table, police see apricot brandy. Like, ew. That just made my mouth water. Yeah, like one sip of that would send you straight to the toilet, hurling. Or shitting. Or shitting. It would be coming out of both ends, honey. Or like that time Marielle drank 87 different flavors of Burnett's and fucking killed herself. (laughs) Okay, wait, who was right along next to me also drinking 89 flavors? Yeah, that's true, but I had to pick up her vomit in a volleyball girl's bathroom (laughs) sink in her kitchen. Why are we bringing up college stories? We digress, we digress. Because I could tell about 17 stories about you peeing in public. In front of people. So Girl's anyway. Gotta do what she's gotta do. <laughs> Sam, continue. Along with that nasty ass <sighs> brandy, there was also an empty bottle of cranberry juice and a half full glass, wait for it, of fucking antifreeze. Dun dun dun. dun, dun, dun. That's so gross. There's been a murder, I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants some more wine? Me. Who wants some more wine after we're talking about someone dying from antifree? Me. Antifree. Antifreeze. Antifree. Oh, guys, also this bottle is, like, really green. And yes. so it's a label, which is why we picked it, because antifreeze is green. Yes. But antifreeze super green. Super green. So when they find him, there's, like, vomit down the side of the bed. And also, for whoever is, like, unaware of what antifreeze is, it's a coolant that lowers the freezing point of water. It is used to prevent corrosion of engine and radiator components. Cooling system failure, which is when the car is overheated, is a leading cause of vehicle breakdown. So this is definitely not something you put in your body. That's for damn sure. That's actually happened to me when I had my first Jeep. You drink antifreeze? I did not drink the antifreeze. But my car, like, overheated, and I was like, what's happening? But anyway... So, um, I watched, like, a documentary about this, and the photo of the crime scene, I showed it to them. It's literally horrific, horrific because you guys don't even understand, like, the, you can, I mean, you can Google, you can Google it, but the, yeah, the color of the antifreeze is so, it is, like, the most alien. It's like you busted open a green, um. Like a glow stick. A glow stick. It's, like. For Superman fans, it's like fucking kryptonite. Like, it's so green. Mm -hmm. So, it was just, like, really disturbing. And, like, to think we won't get into it ahead of what we're about to tell you. But it's just no one would do this to themselves. We'll just say that. It's also apparently an extremely painful death. So, anyway. So, Stacy's like, he's not dead. And then she calls Ashley. And she's like, her daughter. And she's like, David killed himself. So, Obviously, Stacy has some really bad luck. Does she? LOL. <laughs> she just keeps stumbling upon these dead husbands. Yeah. <laughs> With like, poison why in does that system. even happen? Mm. All right. So what happens next? Sam? So. Oh, sorry, Tabitha. Go ahead, Tabitha. It's all you. Okay. So police determine that antifreeze is the cause of death. He's locked in a room. He's by himself. It must be suicide. But his family's like, what the fuck? He knew what antifreeze was. He was a mechanic. Not a fucking yeah. dumbass, and he knew how painful it would be. He would have never done that to himself. Yeah, that's what's so important is that he was a fucking mechanic. So he he like knew what was up. Yeah, like he freeze. knew that that's like a, such a painful death. Which I feel like the like cops should have picked that up right away, considering they'll probably get like more detail of like you know what he does, and so I'm sure they figure out like you know what he does for a living and like the fact that he did that, unless. I don't know. I guess you can try to rule out a suicide, but it's highly unlikely. Right. 
anyway, so Stacy is super convinced that he killed himself. The stress oh, wait, of wait, you work guys, we're and... so fucking retarded. What? We were. Oh shit. No, we weren't, dude. No, we were talking. David's not a mechanic. David is a um. David's an air conditioning person. Oh, oh that's right. He's an air. Michael is a mechanic. Michael, that's right. Sorry. Mix my bad. Husbands up. My bad. Um, that was my bad. Anyway. So anyway. Still, the scene in the in the bedroom seems like it was kind of staged and pretty obvious. You know, the bottle of antifreeze is on the ground, and it's like a half full glass, like perfectly placed, like realistically. Like, do you ever put a perfectly placed glass on the floor? No, obviously not. <laughs> Especially um, after being in pain, I think you would think it'd be more dramatic, like it fell over <laughs> to the side and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, tap that what happens after, what else did they find out? Kind of love this. I don't know. I shouldn't laugh. Um, <laughs> police find a turkey baster with drops of the substance. <laughs> it's like, she really thought people would believe he committed suicide by a turkey baster? Yeah, no. Which, side note, like, antifreeze has a very, very, very sweet yeah. taste. So... Like, and turkey is savory and salty. Like, that just doesn't, like, I don't know. Are I you feel like saying that you think that they put the turkey baster with the turkey first and then to the antifreeze? Because <laughs> that's no. the only way it would be savory. I'm just saying. No. That, like, they're two completely different tastes. But we'll cont- we'll get to that. <laughs> but anyway, to the investigator, the turkey baster looked brand new, so it looked Basically, like he hadn't used, used it on the turkey. Stacy had taken the turkey baster and used it to mm-hmm. drip, make the, it look like antifreeze mm-hmm. into uh, David's mouth. So anyway, so she knew the exact ingredient in antifreeze that can kill you, which is ethylene glycol. When she was interviewed by the police, the police were like, "Oh, Stacy, do you know what the ingredient is in uh, She's like, yeah. antifreeze in?" that can kill you and she was like yeah ethylene glycol and they were like like normal people wouldn't know <laughs> that like know yeah that. when we were researching this i was like i had no idea but like you know someone like a car person would probably know that like if i asked my dad that he would probably be like oh yeah it's like ethylene glycol or like someone like a uh, michael the mechanic or maybe Her even husband who's dead right or even david who is currently dead the um <laughs> The air conditioning, the air conditioning, the air conditioning man. Right. So anyway, so this is looking less and less like a suicide. Yeah. And they found Stacy's fingerprints. 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 <laughs> Damn it. Fingerprints on the glass, which is obviously super suspicious. Right. So police think Stacy gave David little droplets of antifreeze, as Mariel said, into his drinking food over the course of a few days to slowly weaken him. Then he was finally weak enough to not be able to resist, and she gave him a real dose that would kill him. That is literally so terrifying. It's not even, like... That's torture. It is. torturing somebody. You have to be so evil. It's not even like she just, like, shot him in the head and, like, quick death. Like, she slowly was killing him. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So police start watching Stacey, where she's going, what she's doing, who she sees, etc., so they see that she visits her husband's grave, which is she buried David right next to Michael. <laughs> so what the up. hell? I mean, it makes sense, mechanic and AC guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> or since she's like a serial killer, maybe that's like her trophy shelf. 
Oh, Sam, that's very true. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I went to nursing school. <laughs> Just kidding. So, so they exhume Michael's body, unbeknownst to her and others, and they discover ethylene glycol in his system. Oh my God, what a shocker! Anyway, along with rat poison right this is michael so yeah they're going back and they're like okay let's exhume michael's body and see like let's see what's up yeah let's see what's happening so she probably didn't figure out then that she can just kill somebody with ethylene glycol so she was like let me just add rat poison just in case that's true and then she was like okay maybe the ethylene glycol is enough so we'll use that on david and not rat poison right so they requested to exhume him, which is not something families people like, obviously, because it's, like, disturbing to pull your past ones from the ground. Um, because the forensic experts know that ethylene glycol will form crystals in your body if you get if it's given in lethal amounts. So they figured traces could still be there. Um, and they remain intact years after death. Right. So investigators decide to try to talk to Ashley. And the daughter. Like, yeah. This is Stacy's daughter, and Michael, her Stacy's first husband, this Mechanic. is her biolo- his biological daughter. So they're like, your mom might be guilty of killing your father. And they kind of meant well, but who knows if this was really the right the right course of action? The what? Because <laughs> shut up. Because she obviously um, reacted quite badly and set off this weird chain of events. And Ashley decides to protect her mother and calls Stacy to warn her. And honestly, I can't even imagine what I would be feeling at this point if someone I feel like I would tell my mom, too. Uh, I would yeah. 100% tell my mom. And, like, there's audio. If you guys watch, like, any, like, documentaries or anything about Stacy, like, there's audio of Ashley calling her mom and being like, they came to my school because Ashley was in college, college at the time. So, they yeah, they came to her college and like sought her out and like pulled her out of class and so obviously Ashley was very rattled by that yeah which is also crazy too because well I can get her point of view too when it comes to that because you know obviously Ashley was the one out of her and her sister that was the closest to her mom so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and I feel like like you and I are super close to mom and like if the cops came to my house saying that my mom like, like, like murdered my dad I'd be like you're out of yeah. fucking mind yeah like, yeah no, I exactly agree. Right. So. So this is where shit gets twisted. Mm-hmm. So Stacy then goes on to tell Ashley to come home, says that she'll mix up some drinks for the cocktails. both of them. Some cocktails. And they could spend the afternoon just relaxing, you know, mommy and daughter time. <laughs> so they start drinking, and then Ashley kind of picks up that the drink is, like, really gross. And she says, you know, it'll taste horrible. So... Stacy's um, like, well, there's probably too much vodka in there. Right. Vodka. Right. Vodka. That's always the That's always the, that's always the answer. Them. Always the answer. So later that night, she feels really terrible, like sick-wise, and she felt really tired. Hmm. And just unwell. Starting to see a pattern here. Mm-hmm. So Stacy then gives Ashley a sleeping pill. Like you're not gonna give somebody who's been drinking that much a fucking. That sleeping is pill. so. Like, are you goddamn kidding me? No, because she's a murderer. You give somebody who's been drinking heavily a sleeping pill. Like you're asking to murder them. Or telling to murder them, pretty much. So 6:30 a.m. the next morning, Bree goes to wake Ashley, the other daughter who's Ashley's sister, and Ashley is 
comatose. Her sister claims her eyes were wide open, glassy, and red, and she had thrown up, which probably has to be the most frightening thing you have ever I seen. I can't even I imagine. Can't. And well, especially the first as thing sisters, you think of is like they you... like she choked on her vomit. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so scary. Right, so Stacy and Bree, they call 911 and Stacy's like my daughter has taken some pills. And during this commotion, Bree notices something that wasn't there before. So this happens, Bree walks in and she's like, "Oh my god, Ashley, you know, has she's thrown up and her eyes are wide open and she's obviously there's something wrong with her." And then when she turns around, she goes to call 911. And when she comes back, all of a sudden this note appears on the bed. And it's like a, a suicide, suicide note. note. And yeah, it's perfectly printed from a computer. And it's laying on the bed. So not handwritten. No. Were people back in the early 2000s like really like just dumb? Seriously. Like I think she was just a dumb person. I don't know. No, but I'm not even talking about Stacy, just like an investigator. Like and you hear like <laughs> no, seriously, like you hear the story, like I'm sure Bree went to like the cops and was like, Yeah, like I went to wake her up. She was comatose. She wasn't saying anything, she wasn't moving, whatever. I turn around and then I turn around a couple minutes later or a second later and all of a sudden there's this note like like who left it? Yeah. There? Well, yeah, when sta- when Ashley wakes up, you know, you then it comes to happens, light. Right. right. So the suicide note is like a rambling 700-word confession of the murders of Michael, her father, and David, her stepfather. So it says, quote, now everyone is going to show what happened and they'll know it wasn't you, end quote. So this letter, we, it, the, I, I, <laughs> Marielle, you, you go ahead and take this one. Because yeah, it's I don't, so I read some of it, or I tr- I tried to read it and it was so like when they say it was like a rambling 700 word like it was so like a first hard to understand. She misspelled so many things. She and this is important. She misspelled antifreeze. She spelled antifreeze which is A N T I F R E E Z E. She spelled it anti one word free. Antifree. And she also misspelled, um, she misspelled something else that I was reading. And I was like, are you, are you fucking joking? Like she misspelled promise. She misspelled promise. She was like, I promise. And it was like, I premios. And I was like, what? And basically the letter concludes with like, please don't help me. So this supposed suicide note was Ashley admitting that she had killed Michael, her biological father, when she was 12 <laughs> with Annie Free and rat poison. And then she'd also killed um, David and she also killed herself. So, you know, I really don't think that that's very accurate. So we're going to see what happens when Ashley wakes up in the hospital. So then Ashley was taken to the hospital and the doctors report if, if she had laid there any longer she probably would have died which is probably true if yeah Marie wouldn't have found they said her. she was like 10 minutes from death mm. oh, shit, that's really close yeah um so then the, te- the detectives ask her what she drank and you know why she wrote the suicide note and ashley's like what the fuck i don't even know what the hell you guys are talking about <laughs> so the detectives search stacy's hard drive and there's a timestamp that shows that ashley 
was in class at college when this supposed suicide letter was written. Thank God mm-hmm. she wasn't fucking someone in her dorm. Oh my oh, God, how the... Jesus Christ. That's what you would have been doing. Keep, that's right, keeping it light, <laughs> keeping it light. So authorities arrest Stacy at the hospital while she's visiting Ashley. There's not enough evidence uh, to charge her with the first uh, husband Michael's death, but there is mounting evidence for David's murder and Ashley's attempted murder. One, she had forged her husband's signature on his will and excluded his son from another marriage from the final will and testament. Mm-hmm. So when she claimed she was calling David all day trying to reach him when he was locked in the bedroom, she had only called one time. Bitch and liar. This is, yeah, uh, this is, that's yeah, a bitch that's liar. That's a bitch liar. So five years earlier in 2002, Stacy's father had been hospitalized for a lung ailment. Doctors said he was on the mend, but he took a turn for the worse after a visit from Stacy. She had an open can of soda with her, and then he died the next day. What the fuck? She probably put antifreeze in. She immediately had antifreeze. his remains cremated. Antifreeze. So, yeah, you, God only knows what happened. And hopefully that man is in heaven, and hopefully Stacy is in hell. Okay, anyway, keep going. So not only is she a black widow, but she's literally a serial killer because she's just killing everyone and anyone who's in mm-hmm. her way, including her own fucking daughter, who was her BFF, as we discussed earlier. That's why I always am like, this case stuck with me because I'm like, she was willing to kill her own flesh and blood, like her daughter. Like, this isn't Mm -hmm. your husband. This is your child. Just to save your own ass. And you're willing to murder your child. I can't. But when you have, like, that serial killer, like, mind, I guess, it's like, that just, like, all that just blocks you from like what is really going on i don't know she's just she's fucking crazy right anyway so she was the beneficiary on michael's life insurance policy which was about fifty five thousand dollars which isn't really that much she's well and this was in yeah what? this is the early 2000s no it was in 19 this was michael michael was, oh, this her was first michael husband. that's right so it was, was 2000 a... when he died it was 2000 yeah so it was like the late 1990 but still that's really still back i know then. but to a much. fucking weed sport new york trailer trash oh, that's right they were she was um what was she i forget what she was but yeah, yeah right. no i mean to i mean and that's a lot of fucking money, you know? I mean, not to kill somebody, but I'm just saying. Like, if I were to kill somebody, what would your price be to kill somebody? I'm not going to answer that question. Okay. <laughs> she pleads the fifth. I plead the fifth. So anyway, to herself, Stacey literally frames and tries to murder her daughter and clear herself from guilt. That bitch. Seriously. That liar bitch. That so, bitch. Actually, not too long ago, January 2009, the trial began... And Stacy claims innocence. Surprise, surprise. Her defense, who's Charles Keller, um, strategies to blame it on her daughter, which is disgusting. So I don't even have words. I don't even know what to say. What a great mom. Yeah. She tries to say that Ashley was jealous of Bree's relationship with Michael. That's why she killed him. The He's argument is like so pathetic. Right. So prosecutors began with a suicide note. They remember how anti-free was mentioned in the letter do you guys remember that we were talking about like how she, she was like anti-free it. and she in the interviews she was saying anti-free and that was kind of a smoking gun because um she was calling it the way she spelled it in the letter yeah so they were like that's not how you say it you idiot because she is a fucking idiot <laughs> 
So there was obviously a lot of evidence, you know, the life insurance, Michael's exhumation and Angie Freeze was in his system, the fingerprints on the glasses that they found in David's room, the turkey baster, the phone calls, etc. The jury deliberates for four days and obviously finds Stacy guilty of David's murder and attempted murder of Ashley. That bitch deserved what she got. Yeah, mm-hmm. she totally did. So the judge had a few strong words, which I agree with, but I'll read them to you guys really quickly. He said, quote, what you did to David Castor can only be described as premeditated torture. True. Now as bad and as evil as that is, what you tried to do to your daughter Ashley is simply something that I find I almost can't comprehend. You're not just a danger to the general public, but you're a danger to the people who love you and are closest to you. And I believe the sentence I'm about to impose will remove that danger once and for all. And that's so right. He couldn't have said it like so. Mind you, the whole time this judge is reading the statement, Ashley her daughter is like sobbing in the court. I, I like don't even know if I could like show up. No, I know. Well, she was, she was a witness. So she well, was, yeah, she but was for there. sentencing. Yeah. yeah. So Ashley. he sentences, um, Stacey to 51 years in prison, 25 reeve charge and 16 months for forging David's will. And I am obsessed with the Clemente brothers. So I will read this quote from Tim Clemente, who is brother to Jim Clemente. They're both, FBI special agents, so he was just kind of a guest star on one of the documentaries that um, I listened about Stacy. So he said Stacy Castor absolutely meets the definition of a serial killer. This woman, who we can never assume would stop killing, because the best predictor of future behavior, especially when it comes to violence, is the past behavior involving violence. When he said that, I was like, mm, girl. Mm-hmm, girl, yes, girl. I was like, mm, gee. Yeah. He spilled that tea. He spilled the tea. He read that bitch. He did it. He did it. So her daughter read victim impact statements, which is like, I can't, I just can't. The emotions would just be like all over the place. I can't even imagine. Nope. So Stacey heads to Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for Women in Bedford Hills, New York. Which, um, obviously, I'd rather say that I'm in jail in Bedford Hills, New York, to say that I'm from a place called weed sport <laughs> for the for the record that's yeah. how much i hate that man mm. no offense to your home state mariel but those are some no people I, you guys got up there yeah no no thanks it's all it's all in the upstate parts i swear to god <laughs> Mary, so april 24th 2009 abc's 2020 released a two-hour special about the case so caster says she was shocked at the guilty verdict and maintained her innocence during the on-air special. She said that Ashley brought this on. Ugh. That's stupid. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> and insists that she and Ashley know what really happened. She did express sympathy for her daughter, Bree. She called Bree an innocent victim, whom she lost along with her freedom and her husband's. She indicated that her mother and stepfather and some other relatives still support her. But neither Bree or Ashley speak to Stacy after... She reports to prison, and I would do the same. I'd probably do the same thing. Try to forget my mother existed after that. So Stacy would have been eligible for parole in 2055 when she was 87, but she died of a heart attack on June 11th, 2016. So just two years ago. Hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's the end to that. Which is, you know what? 
karma's a bitch. She got what she, she deserved. Because guess what? Her first husband died of a heart, heart, heart attack. attack. And guess what? Now she died of a heart attack. Karma's only a bitch if you are. That's right. And she is one. What goes around comes around. What goes, goes around comes around. around. What goes up must come down. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. thoughts on the case. Um, she's a sick bitch. Um, I think she could have done a little bit more torture in prison before her body gave out, personally. Yeah, I wonder, like, what she was like in prison. Like, was she, like, La Jefa? Like, I don't she think like, so. Was she, like, the main bitch? No. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. She was a prison bitch. Yeah. Honestly, out of all the cases you guys have discussed so far in the past nine episodes, like, although some of them were really dark and would scare the shenanigans out of me (laughs) it's like because I would listen to them at night in my house and George my fiance would like text me and be like you know why are you still awake and I would never tell him the real reason why like it's because I was like so creeped out after listening to your podcast no seriously I like get the heebie-jeebies like well crazy I mean they're they're really dark but this like emotionally and mentally I think has been like the darkest one because it's like Yes, she's a serial killer. She killed her husband. Like, okay, like that's the common pattern. But her like, daughter. You, you try to frame your daughter and kill your daughter. Like, who the fuck are you? Right. That's why sick. this this is you're so. You're sick. Yeah, exactly. You're sick. Yeah, I can't with this one because that's exactly I've had why. I had a crazy stomach ache this entire time. Yeah. It's probably why I'm drinking my wine so slow. But I've just oh, been like. I've been drinking it really fast. Yeah, I know it just <laughs> affected me in a different way. I'm like, ugh. But speaking of wine, dun, dun, dun. Uh, wine. we're gonna go. We we're gonna it? go as we're seated. So Mariel goes first. Um, I can't tell you anything about the tasting notes because I feel like I was just drinking it really fast as usual. But I really liked it, and I have always wanted to try the Francis Ford. I always want to say Francis Ford Coppola, but that's not that. But, no, he does have that. um, That is the winery, so that's why I always say that Um, because it's Sofia Coppola. But, anyway, I really liked it. I would drink it again. The bottle was beautiful. The bottle, like I said, it was very, like, emerald. And um, it was – it reminded us a lot of antifreeze, which is fucked up. Antifree. But, but it's <laughs> it reminded us of antifree. Yeah. So it's yeah. really green. Yeah, and I don't know. For I think Pinot Grigio kinda gets a bad rap, so I would give this a misdemeanor. Sam. Um here we'll pull up our wicked Wyometer since you're on. So I really tried to focus because like in general I'm trying to focus a lot on like what I'm smelling and tasting in my wines not so much are like oh I like it or I don't um honestly I'm also going to give it a misdemeanor um I think that the notes and the taste that it points out you can really taste them I can't taste the minerals though yeah, I can't either. It's really like that grapefruit and the yes. green apple that I'm really mm-hmm. Which is I'm a really shame. Getting. Those tarty yeah. those tarty fruits. I was those looking forward to the fruits. minerals. That's what I see. Me too, because I was like, oh, that'll be kind of cool, but I really Mariel can't. Mariel loves the mineral taste. I, do. I really can't I do. taste it. So it's a misdemeanor for me. Okay. For me, it was good. Um I agree with Sam and Mariel that not all the tasting notes 
and smelly notes were there. Mm-hmm. I do agree. It was very like the tart fruits, the green apple, the grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't taste the minerals. Didn't taste the tangerine. Um, I'm not really that much of a Pinot Grigio fan either. Like some I am. We I've really enjoyed some. Um, if only we had something in between violation and misdemeanor. But yeah, I feel like it was like an in betweener. But I guess you guys said misdemeanor, so we'll call it misdemeanor. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just like meh. I thought it was good. I don't know. It wasn't like Rainer. No. Rayland? Rayland, no, called? definitely was not like Rayland. I can't even fucking remember that. Rayland should have not even been on our winometer. Well, we were, we were in a time crunch. That's true. But I, it was. I mean, I drink it because I drink any alcohol. I don't know what kind of standing that puts it at, though. It puts you at the standing of an alcoholic. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like what else. Like, I don't think I'd go out of my way to buy it again. Okay. That's... Well, then I feel like you should say it's a violation. Okay, so I say violation, though. Okay, so two against one. We're going to say this is a misdemeanor. And what else do we have to say? That's it. I mean, that's pretty much it, guys. This was really, really fun. Um, right. I really enjoyed doing this with Sam. That this was, was super so fun. fun. I had a lot of fun, even though I'm, like, really tired, but I had a lot of fun. Well, we're about to get on an airplane. God help that's us. That's right. We're going to get on an airplane, but we're yeah, going to. Yeah, when this is posted and you guys are listening to it, we're probably going to be on an airplane. That's true, but we are so excited because it's going to be five days of drinking and debauchery and wedding dress shopping, so it's going to be so much fun, and yeah, thank you again, Sam, for joining us. Yeah, we're so happy to have you on here, Sam. Oh, and as a side note, because I am a nurse, um, just, you know, be aware of what you guys put on your counters don't yes. let your kids mm-hmm. pick yeah. up random ass bottles. Or locked, eat put those pods. bottles locked away, people. Like, can't tell you how many times. Girl, I and if you know somebody who has antifree in their house, antifree, take them to the curb. They're about do to murder you. Do people actually eat Tide Pods? Like, was that a thing? Yeah. Well, kids do because it's like it's kind of like like antifreeze has like that cool like yellow greenish yeah. fluorescent color like and it's to, sweet yeah and like those tie pods have they're like bright and they're like colorful and like kids put shit in their mouth all the fucking time like i can't tell you how many times i see kids come in because they ingest something they're not supposed to but guys just i mean i legally i can't give medical advice but all i can say is like you know be safe like don't leave bottles out on the counter like Mm -hmm. lock that shit up like where nobody else can get to it Mm -hmm. like you know be responsible about it and the same place you lock up your good liquor when your bad relatives come exactly or your vibrator all right guys this was super fun and we will see you next time for our 10th episode oh my god bye bye guys goodbye